and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined as always by Miles Danhausen. How's it going, Miles? It's going good, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, have some new information regarding COVID-19 in Door County that we should jump into right away. Then we'll talk a little bit about some new businesses that have opened up, how businesses have been dealing with COVID-19 challenges, uh, some things that we've been seeing around in the county. And then we're going to finish off today with an interview with Car Northrip that you had from Main Street Market, talking about how they're going on eight weeks now of doing all of their grocery shopping for customers and doing groceries to go basically. So got kind of a, a full episode today. Why don't we jump right in? I, I think that we can start with the COVID-19 related numbers. There are, as of yesterday, this is Monday as we're recording this. So as of Sunday night, there are 15 confirmed cases in Door County. And we also had our third death, which was reported on Friday evening. Hey, it's Andrew from the future. Uh, as we were recording this, we had uh, 14 cases showing up online. Uh, we had received word of a 15th case in the evening the night before. And just before I was about to upload this, the number of positive cases in Door County went up to 18. I will always do my best to come in and update the numbers as I can, but that's not always going to be possible. There may be days where we upload the podcast before the newest numbers are in, in which case uh, we'll give you the updated numbers the following day. But if I'm able to catch them like I was today, I will jump in from the future and let you know what the updated numbers are. So we will jump back into the podcast right now. Keep in mind the numbers will be incorrect for the rest of the episode, but just keep in mind that we recorded this before the newest numbers had come out. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, uh, the numbers, you know, a little bit of a climb there. It looked like everything had stabilized for about a week ago. We were sitting right around 9 or 10 for a while, and now we've seen five more cases come in. You see everything happening in Brown County. We have another death in Door County. And then you also saw that Gibraltar School Friday night sent out a note that a staff member had been exposed to COVID-19. Did not say that that staff member had tested positive, right? but that they had basically through the contact tracing been made aware that they had been exposed. So the school, even though the school is not in session in the building right now, they are still you know, there are some staff, essential staff that have been working there and they have been preparing food out of there. So they shut down the school to do a deep cleaning and temporarily suspended the food service as they kind of clean things up and quarantine staff that need to be quarantined. So, right. A lot of stuff happened Friday night, like as tends to be the case, like right after we record. So maybe yep. we should be recording at midnight, Andrew. I don't know. We could, we could definitely do that. Uh, yeah. I noticed <laughs> the, the Gibraltar thing. So they had been they had been making meals for students, correct? Yeah, and then they deliver that, for, you know, for all the students who um, rely on the school lunch program and all right. those families. All of the schools up here have been continuing to try and provide that service in whatever way they can. So that's that's the service that had been suspended for right. the time being. The other thing that came out on Friday evening is that public health had done an investigation on community spread. And as like up until last Friday, they had been determining that there had been no evidence of community spread in Door County. That is not the case any longer. So one of the positive cases was due to community spread. And, and we should mention again that community spread is a medical term and it means that the source of the infection is unknown. Yes, that doesn't like a lot of people Myself, sometimes I fall into that too. Of just, we throw that term around and, and not know exactly what it means. It just means they can't identify where it came from in right. the simplest terms. So. so all of the other positive cases, the person who came in and got sick was able to identify like, oh, I was out of town or I was exposed to this person who also had a positive case or so on and so forth. They, they always knew where things were coming from. In this case, 
when you don't know, that could mean that you you got it while you're out and about, and therefore it's kind of up in the air what that actually means for everybody. Um, sometimes I feel like people take as soon as community spread occurs in an area, things lock down harder. People get more afraid. I don't know how people are handling this news in Door County as much. Yeah. Well, if you were driving around this weekend, they certainly weren't locked down and they certainly weren't afraid. Well, maybe um, we should uh, maybe we should segue into that a little bit. So with May 1st, with that weekend, it's normally the half marathon weekend, a lot of businesses open up for the first time. Uh, and we saw some new businesses opening up with creative and unique solutions for some of the challenges that people are having. So more businesses opening up for curbside pickup, that kind of stuff. We also saw a lot of people out and about taking advantage of those services and, and walking up and down the streets and stuff. Miles, what did you see over the weekend? And we don't have to name businesses or anything like that. We can just talk about like what the community looks like right now. Yeah, like speaking in general terms, because I think people are out just like we've talked about before, like the restaurants and businesses are under a microscope now. And you saw that this weekend. You saw it if you made the mistake like I did of going on Facebook and seeing just like the onslaught of comments from oftentimes people who didn't really know the truth of what a business was doing, but were very quick to just like slam a business for being open, not knowing that what they were doing was actually legal or, you know, taking a snapshot of a moment and then saying, oh, look, they're, they're violating this. What I saw was just how hard this is going to be to figure out, right? I mean, I went to a restaurant, picked up some food to go. It's nice outside, so people are coming and grabbing their food, and they hang around in the parking lot, or they they get a drink to go from a from a bar. And when they say when I say drink to go, it's like a places that are allowed to sell packaged goods can serve you like let's say you ordered a rum and coke, you could get the coke in a container, and you could get a sealed bottle of rum in a different container. And you can take that to go. But then that business, those people can't consume that on premise. It can't just operate like an outdoor patio. So now the businesses are trying to police that. So instead of just like serving food and, you know, just trying to make the best meal possible and giving that to somebody and then providing them more service, you're also like you, you have a bunch of people who have to serve as bouncers to try and manage the crowd. And when I say crowd, I mean, even at 10, 12 people that starts to gather and you're like, okay, first of all, as soon as we go beyond 10, we're exceeding the limits of like a gathering. (laughs) And then they're not supposed to be hanging out and consuming on site anyway. So you have to shoo them away and like, all right, take this, go down the street. You can maybe consume on the sidewalk. You can go to the park. You can go home. You just can't do it on our property. And so even as this slow opening happens, and now that the weather's nice enough for people to hang out, you have this other problem for businesses to solve. And like, yes, you want the businesses to do this in the the best way possible, but I think you also have to have some sympathy sympathy for these businesses who are trying, even if they're trying to operate within the the guidelines, it's just so hard to do. Right. Yeah. And there's there's a couple of different ways to look at some of the weird problems that are cropping up right now. Like you said, the temperature is getting warmer outside, so people are getting out more. They're starting to do stuff. They're starting to take advantage of curbside pickup. I know that I got my first to-go meal from a restaurant for the first time in like, I don't know, six or seven weeks the other day. Uh, just You just start seeing people tired of sitting at home and, and eating their own food. So you're starting to see more of that happen. So now things are starting to really start to show up in terms of like, what are the problems and what are the solutions? One thing that J.R. Schoenfeld talked about when you had interviewed him on the podcast 
podcast a couple of weeks ago is how everybody's under a microscope right now and everybody is much more critical than they would normally be. So he posted a picture of his staff standing together without wearing masks. He was kind of taking a task for that on social media saying like, why aren't these people social distance? Why aren't you guys wearing masks? And he explained on the podcast that like, there's more to it than that, right? He trusts his staff. He knows that they've all been quarantining. They know that they're, they're not going anywhere, but to the restaurant and to home. So he feels comfortable with his staff in that way. There, there's more to those things. But at the same time, Miles, I don't know if you felt this or not, uh, especially in the first couple of weeks when you were watching movies, did you feel a little uncomfortable when you'd see people like hugging and sh- handshaking and being close together in movies? Oh, yeah. Last night I was watching the the latest episodes of The Last Dance. And in in those episodes, people are lined up to buy tickets to Chicago Bulls games back in the 90s. And they're just corralled into this ticket line. And I'm just like, that just seems so dangerous. <laughs> right. So, so even, strange. even right now, totally out of context, just being weirded out by seeing it in movies when you know that this happened years ago or whatever, it, it people are much more critical about it right now. And when you, when you go to a restaurant, when you go out, you're expecting people to be following guidelines. You're expecting people to wear masks and, and gloves and, and social distance and do all of that kind of stuff. You, you expect that of other people, but you don't always see that of people. Um, I know that when I went out to get food over the weekend, some of the staff that I saw was wearing masks and gloves. The people who brought my food out to me were, and that was great. Uh, but then I saw managers who were wearing masks just kind of dangling off the bottom of their face. Um, I know that you have been out and you've been seeing kind of the same thing too. And there's, there's, there's two parts to it, right? So there's the actual protection part of it, but then there's also sending the message that this is what we should be doing. This is how we should be keeping each other safe. This is how we're showing that we're being respectful of the situation, being respectful of other people. So when you've got a manager who's not wearing a mask and then you have employees who are, I feel like that that sends a really weird message both to customers and to the staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I saw some of the same things. You know, and this weekend it was so busy everywhere. Like I talked to one restaurant owner who said even doing takeout and curbside only, they were almost as busy as they were on this same day last year. And so there were a lot of people up here. Most of the hotels are now open and taking reservations, as is allowed. They are labeled an essential business. So we are still waiting on on those guidelines to come down. There is a task force at the county level that is supposed to be looking at business reopening and all this stuff and and making suggestions and recommendations. Friday, they came out with a a press release basically that just says uh, that they are meeting, but still no recommendations. And in the absence of that, in the absence of rules, all these businesses are going to make up their own and try and figure this out. And like I've said before, like the grocery stores are, are open now without recommendations and guidelines, the manufacturing plants, the the meatpacking plants, the hotels. And so you see all that this weekend. And luckily we got a little taste of it. And hopefully that spurs some action because it's only going to increase with each week that goes by. You know, right. we're lucky only a few places we're trying to do that this weekend. Next weekend, it might be five or six. The weekend after that, it might be close to every business. Right. And I want to reiterate just again, that point that you made restaurants that are offering curbside pickup or to go orders, they are not offering curbside 
dining. It's a very different thing. So、mm-hmm. when you get your food, go somewhere else. Go home. Go some outside where you can be away from other people. Don't hang out on the premises. Don't try to like eat your food there in the like in the parking lot. Just go somewhere else and enjoy your food, so that other people can come in and feel safe picking up theirs, so that employees can feel safe without you hovering around. Like it's weird times, and it's such a weird time as like somebody who's worked in the service industry. I'm sure you feel this way too. Can you imagine a couple years ago telling somebody to leave after they picked up your their food? Like it would feel super weird. But it's it's one of those weird challenges right now, where it's like if you're gonna get food somewhere. Go somewhere else with it and enjoy it. Take it well, home. If you've ever worked as a as a bouncer as a doorman, and and I have, even though I look like probably the last person that would be a bouncer,、um, it it is really hard to tell people what to do. People, even when you have strict rules, even when the place is packed and you say, "Yep, we are at capacity," people give you a lot of crap, and it's it's just hard to navigate that. It's hard to split people up all the time, let alone now when they're all on edge. And there are certain people who just don't believe in any of this and and believe it's a hoax or just or believe it's so overblown. So even when you tell them this, you get scoffed at. And what people don't understand is like whether or not you believe in it. Like these businesses are trying to hopefully abide by the rules and try to find a way to make money and try to find a way to serve you. And by being a pain, <laughs> you're not helping them. And the other. Part of this is from a business owner standpoint. Like the way I view this is, the more we can show our responsibility now, the faster we can get to like the next level. So if if restaurant owners and business owners skirt the rules or create problems, it doesn't give confidence that we can take that next step. Same thing with customers. But the more customers that can follow the rules and Start wearing masks and make everybody feel comfortable. Then the closer we'll get to like the easing of those restrictions. Unfortunately, like we haven't seen, you know, if you're looking at the the percentage of new new cases, it's still not going down. It had hovered at like a, a stable level for a while, and then it went back up, and now it's kind of stabilizing again. Hospitalizations are about stable, so those aren't going up as fast as the new infections. But the the more we can show some responsibility individually. The the faster we can get to some version of the next better step of normal, right? Miles, is there anything else that we should talk about before we jump into your interview with Car Northrup from Main Street?、Um, no, I think、uh, I had a long conversation with Karen. It's really interesting to talk to her and see what they've been doing there to just try and reinvent their business on the fly in a way that makes their staff and customers feel safe. And you know, it truly is a family. Grocery store, or they all work there. So they, when they make these decisions, it's not like some overlord making a decision for all their employees. It's like <laughs> that that overlord is the employees, that is the family. So it it really in, impacts all of them.、Um, and for those who don't know, they went to to curbside pickup only very early in this process. Right.、Um, and one thing we didn't get to in the interview that Karen mentioned afterward was just like how great. Her staff has been through all this. Usually, this time of year is sort of a slow time where people are prepping or maybe taking vacations and stuff. And instead, her staff is working harder than ever and relearning their jobs and filling in places that they and and roles they hadn't done before. And she just like had talked about how great they've been through all that. And、um, I just wanted to make sure I, I mentioned that and, and give a shout out to their their staff because this has got to be a really hard time. It's a hard time for anybody, but like when you're also trying to work that hard in in what is a, kind of a dangerous job now.、Um, she said they've just been fantastic. Right. Well, Miles, I think that that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for chatting with me, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. All right. Thank you. Take care, Andrew. 
Joining me now on the podcast is Karin Northrup, co-owner of Main Street Market in Egg Harbor, where they have uh, undergone some massive changes in the wake of COVID-19. Karin, thanks for joining us and taking some time. I know you don't seem to have a ton of it right now. No, I know. And when we scheduled this initially for noon, Steve looked at me and said, what are you thinking? And I thought, oh, yeah, that was a really dumb decision. Because so, <laughs> noon, you guys are, are shopping. Yeah, noon is, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It, four o'clock is even, we technically close at 4.30, so we often get walk-ups this time of the day, but um, it's much more controllable in the late afternoon. So what you guys did early on in this situation is... First, you you began by offering pickup, and then you just switched to entirely pickup only, going from a, you know, I think anybody listening to this is familiar with Main Street Market. It's not necessarily like a corner grocery store. You guys are, it's it's not a simple operation for you guys to switch to that. What spurred the decision to go all pickup? Because not not every grocery store went that route. Well, actually, we did not do partial pickup. We, We decided to completely shut down and go to pickup. We had we were open before that. Um, we were open, so we were open the first two weeks of March, and tor- towards the end of the, the second week, uh, Regan had come home on the 13th. She came home on a Friday. Regan's your daughter. Um, Regan's our daughter. Yes, she uh, lives in the Chicago area, and she was is was actually buying in the process of buying a house, and she needed her her tax documents, which were here. So I was going to scan them and email them to her, and she said, you know what, I'm just going to come home and bring her puppy home with her because it'll just be easier and things are starting to get weird, and I'm just going to come home. Her boyfriend was working crazy hours. and So she came home on Friday the 13th, and the store was nuts because that's when things were just starting. People were talking about shutdowns, and, and people were just realizing that, things were going to be different. Um, everything was just really that weekend was just crazy. I mean, it's, it, when I look back, I, I have a hard time kind of remembering how this all happened. And when getting ready to talk to you, I got a calendar out because I honestly just couldn't remember some of these dates of, you know, what happened when we made these decisions. (laughs) But, um, after the weekend, it was pretty obvious that something major was probably going to happen. And so we, um, started talking about it, what we were going to do, how we were going to handle it. And uh, as many people know, Sam and Missy were having a baby, and the baby was due the first week of April. So that was, you know, kind of a concern, what was going on with the baby. And and, know, and Sam's one of your sons who works in the store with you every day, basically, right? As does Missy. Yeah. They both do. They're both full-time, you know, staff people. So... Honestly, that was kind of the impetus to just decide, okay, we're just going to bite the bullet. We're not going to wait till the weekend. What? Why? What's the point? If we're going to shut down, let's do it during the week when we can kind of think about it a little bit more. Um, we had a couple of staff members that were really, really uncomfortable and, and just, just, you know, it just was not going to work. They just didn't want to go anywhere near people. They were okay in the back room, but they just didn't want to go near people. Mm-hmm. We just decided, okay, this is dumb. Let's just do it. We're just going to do it. And this was Tuesday, Tuesday the 17th. So we decided that starting Thursday, we would close. So we had Tuesday afternoon and we had Wednesday really to kind of figure it out. 
and we were so, so busy. It was crazy busy. <laughs> um, our trucks were delivery, grocery delivery trucks were so messed up. We had, I think on Tuesday night, we normally get grocery deliveries on Tuesdays and Fridays, just our basic grocery and produce. I think on Tuesday, our grocery truck didn't come until eight o'clock at night. It normally is here at 930 in the morning. So we were closed and, you know, we're trying to get as much as we could stocked and everything was just, it's, it's so, when I think back about it, I just think how crazy it was that we went from fairly normal to in, I, I think it was less than a week and everything was just blown up. Yeah. Everything. It, it was crazy. I remember having meetings with our staff and broaching the idea of saying, saying that like, we may have to have some, we may have to go to working from home for a while or limiting office and people looked at me like I was crazy. And, and like yeah. in my job, I have the advantage, advantage or disadvantage of being in a lot of these meetings as you're starting to hear, starting to hear these discussions. And I had, I had brought up that, yeah, I, I think the schools, like at that point, I was at a point where I'm like, I think the schools should shut down now before they know, um, just so that they can put pause until they know more about it. And, but they hadn't made that decision yet. And I had brought this up. I'm like, eventually they're going to shut down at some point. And people are like, well, what the heck are we supposed to do with our kids? I'm like, I'm, I don't know the answer to that, but I think this is coming. And it was, it was really shocking at that point. And I remember talking to Chris Hecht very early on in this crisis and him saying that he had talked to a friend in Vermont and Vermont was looking at a, at a stay home order very shortly. And I thought that seemed crazy at the time. And, you know, eight or nine days later, we were in the same boat here. Um, Right. It was amazing how how quick it all happened. And right. for you at Main Street, um, for any listeners who don't know, like uh, as you as you might have gathered already, as you were telling the story, that you know your your daughters always work there for you until she moved away, and then she comes back and works for you guys when she's home. Um, you and Steve are almost always there. Uh, Sam is always there. Um, right. It's very much like any decision you make. Yes, it's a business decision, but it's very much a family impact decision, too. So when you guys look at right. going, maybe we have to go to pickup only, you're not saying, well, we're going to do this change and it's going to all our employees are going to have to do this. Like, yes, they are. But so like every one of your family is going to be um, doing the, the lifting for that work, too. Um, right. Right. I mean, Main Street Market is literally a family business. You know, I mean, it's figuratively a family business, but it is literally a family business. (laughs) I mean, you could come in this store and there could be four generations of our family. Oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't mention Dave and Bonnie might be there. (laughs) Dave and Bonnie might be (laughs) there any given time. I'm there too. So. Right. And Sam and Missy's kids are here a lot. So, I mean, this was, you know, this was really, uh, when I, that, that Tuesday, when we made that decision, it was, it was really a, all right, we need to protect our people. We need to protect our family. We need to protect our staff. This is just getting really out of control. And actually, Chris Hecht had come in the store on Tuesday morning to talk to Steve and I. That was right when they were setting up that uh, the relief organization that they were setting up. And the Village of Egg Harbor had a, a um, emergency meeting set up for that morning. He came in the store about 10 o'clock in the morning and I knew the village had this meeting at 1030. And I said, you know, would you go to that meeting and explain to them what you're doing? Because everyone was just kind of, you know, the villages were, you know, what do we do? They, you know, they didn't really know what to do. And they weren't getting guidance. I I can tell you that for a fact that from the folks I talked to, they were not getting a lot of guidance from the county or the state at that point. Right. So, uh, Chris, went to the meeting. I ran up to the meeting and they were kind of, and, and I, I was 
kind of rude. I said to because I had to get back to the store. I said, listen, you guys need to listen to what Chris has to say. I said, people in our store are nervous. Everyone is just nervous. I can tell. My customers are nervous. Our staff is nervous. We have to figure out what to do. He's got this plan that's in place that is going to, you need to know about it. And you really need to listen to him and let him explain to you because they were, you know, just trying to, I don't know, figure it out, you know. And I said, he's kind of figured it out. Now, listen to what he's got to say because it will help you make your decisions better. And And that really was part of what made our decision, too, because it just, you know, it just, it was just, it was getting scary. It was just getting scary. And, um, Um, and, you know, you mentioned that about Chris and I I talked to him early on in this crisis and because I was getting concerned. So I wanted to talk to somebody I really respected and who knew emergency situations about, I was like, am I, should I be this worried? And talking to him kind of confirmed where, where my thinking was going. And what, what's great about a guy like him is he doesn't just talk about it. He's, we, we were talking about like, well, we, we can figure out some ways to do childcare. We can figure out ways to help people um, if we need to shut down and, and figure this out. And within 24 hours, he's got a network going and right. has put it into action. And um, there's a big difference between talking about something and then making, putting it into an actionable program. And he did that so fast, not, not just him. I mean, he, he would defer like the, the fire chiefs and all these right. different people, but um, also talking to the right people and putting, raising people's alarm enough that they actually took some steps. So in a very calm manner. Yeah. He's not it's so calm. When you talk yeah. To him. He's not he just kind of, you know, you, you just have a, a feeling that he knows how to handle these things. He knows how to put together a team and he's going to execute and everything is going to be okay. Yeah. And when you look at our case count in Door County and it's very low, you might go, oh, see, we overreacted. But you might also say, you know, it's a good thing. We made steps earlier than a lot of other communities that might have right. protected us from that, from something worse happening. Um, because right. this was at a time, and I know this from the calls I was making, we, they were just starting to shut down access to and start limiting visitors at the hospital and the nursing home. And at, by that point, I know that um, employees at some of those places were already nervous. So having somebody raise the alarm like that started to make it more real. And that then gives everybody else permission to say, okay, I'm going to shut down or I'm going to change my practices or right. I'm going to do things differently or, or change my workplace a little bit. So you right. need, in, as you've seen throughout this, you need some leader to start to make it real for you that you respect. Um, so back to what you had to do then, you know, I tried to think about how logistic, I mean, I'm okay. So I'm on a, so this is Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. We we're we're thinking, okay, we, we are definitely going to do, we are going to do this. We tomorrow, Wednesday is going to be the last day. We're going to be open to the public starting Thursday. We are going to be closed to the public and we are going to take orders via email and that's how we're going to, and we're going to deliver shop for the people. And then we're going to deliver out to the parking lot and that's what we're going to do. And, um, so, you know, I already have emails, obviously. So we just took the email, which is well, my go, name. At, stop for a second there. I was shocked when you first put this out that you were, and I saw the Facebook post and it was your personal email and phone number, I think, or personal yeah. email. I was like, she is crazy. What is she doing? <laughs> Well, you know, okay, here's the other little funny little aspect of this is that Yorgi is our IT guy. He's Mm -hmm. in Florida. 
So I, I didn't have him to talk to, to even, and I, you know, I just didn't, I didn't know the scope of how this was all going to happen. But <laughs> my email's on our website, my phone number's on our website, and I have other emails, but that's my business email. So that just seemed like the logical email to, to use because if people go to our website, that's, you know, that's how you get to us. So we just thought, okay, well, you know, we're just going to do this. Um, somebody, you know, people were sending us, you know, do you want to put out, you know, do you want to set up a, a, a set grocery order and let people, you know, fill in the fill in the blanks? And I said, no, that, you know, no, that won't work. People can just email what they want, send it to us. We'll, you know, give them a time. We'll shop for it and, and they can come and give us their credit card information. We'll deliver it out to the parking lot. You know, that'll be it. And so we, we resi- right, right off the bat, I said, no, you know, well, first of all, the supply was, it was so disrupted that I had no idea what we were going to get, and what we couldn't get. And, you know, as has become very clear in this last month and a half, everybody in the whole entire country is eating the same thing at the same time. <laughs> so, I mean, it is just insane. You know, in the very beginning, no chicken breast. Everyone in the country is eating chicken breast. You know, then everyone goes to tortillas. And then everyone, you know, now everyone's eating yogurt. Everyone's baking. There's no yeast. There's no flour. There's no rice. You know, there's, and it's, it's all over the country. Every, you know, it, there's no, we have a big distributor. There's no product anywhere of certain kinds of things. But so I thought there's no way I could even attempt to make up a basic list because who knows if I can get it. And then, you know, that just, and, and that would have been a lot of work. And we just thought, no, you know, people know, you know, what we have, we have everything. And, you know, if you're our customer, random people aren't going to be doing this who have no idea what we have. So it, it actually just be easier if they can just send in their list. So that's, you know, how we did it. And I, I, I looked back at our Facebook post because, and I was like, oh my God. And because it really, <laughs> here's what happened. So we, we put this message out. This is how we're going to do it. Internally, we figured out how to handle it. Because once we figured out how we were going to do it, then we had to decide how this was going to work in the store. You know, who was going to be shopping? At first, we we would just, the order would come in. We would shop for it. We would ring it up, bag it. We had this very elaborate system where everybody had to use paper bags. You had to write everybody's names on the bag. You had, like, someone had two bags in the cooler. You would put one of one, two of two, and those were cooler bags. If they had a bag in the freezer, you put one bag. If they had other things. And then when they when they came and they called from the parking lot and said, we're here, then we would run around and collect all these bags and, you know, take them out to their car. Well, after, I think, two days, like, all right, we are not doing this anymore. <laughs> this does not work. We'd get out to the parking lot and someone say, oh, wait a minute, can you add, you know, a loaf of bread or whatever? And then, so we have to go through the whole thing again. Like, well, okay, there. People are still shopping through work. you the same way that we yeah. shop as idiots every day where we forget something. Like my dad. Oh, I know. My and dad's house like, is a mile down the road from you. One of the biggest uh, struggles for him is he's used to coming in. Like there are probably days in my lifetime that my dad has gone into your store like seven or eight times. Because he goes oh, and he yeah. gets a couple of things, goes home. Oh, and he loves to cook. So he'll be like, oh, I don't have a lime. Right. He goes and gets <laughs> one lime. He doesn't like create this bulk list. It's a new right. experience for him. Um, I know. it's hard. And it's hard. It's hard for a lot of people. But so every, so we, so the funny thing is, is I, I think we, initially we set up our hours as nine to five. So 
every and it was it was kind of funny because we were done at five, which we're never done at five, and that's we've we're never even closed at five at night. Six o'clock is the earliest we ever close. But so we would close up. Stephen Regan and I would go home, have dinner, and talk about how we could fix it because you know, okay, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. We need, we need to fix this. I am a really, really good thinker early in the morning when I'm getting ready for work. I have a a notepad in my bathroom. So, you know, at night we talk about it in the morning, I'd be getting ready for work and I would, you know, flush it out a little bit more. I'd come to work, write a new memo for the staff. I have probably 20 memos, (laughs) you know, about how to do this. And then, Everybody would come, and we all kind of worked the same hours, so it actually was sort of nice. I mean, this, you know, restaurants sometimes have a pre-opening. Everyone talks and has a little discussion. This is our specials, whatever. Well, we can never do that because everybody comes at different times of the day. So it was actually kind of nice because everybody would get there and say, okay, this is what we changed last night. (laughs) This is how we're doing this today. And we honestly did this, I think, every night for about four or five nights, sometimes you know, tiny tweaks, sometimes major tweaks, like, okay, we are not checking out your groceries until you actually call. Then we'll check them out. Then if you want to add something, it's simple. We don't have to start bagging, you know, finding your items in coolers and freezers all over the place. And that that was just, that was a disaster. <laughs> I don't know what we were thinking. <laughs> How many orders a day um, are you now processing? And And I don't know if you're like, if it's growing each day or if it is kind of plateaued, what's it? Um, I, we do about 150 is probably the minimum and we've done as many as 250 Hmm. a day, which, um, you know, and they're all different sizes and, and then we have people who, you know, just kind of walk up and give us orders or, you know, come in, but it's, it's probably, you know, it's not the customer count is less than it would be if we were open, um. You know, at some point, the sales are less than it would be if we were open because we're not open as many hours as we would be. And it's, you know, it's hard. It's hard for customers. I, I, you know, I understand. I understand that. I partly because I'm here every day, I shop every day. And I think in the morning of what we're going to have for dinner and make a little list and Steve goes home before me. So he shops it and gets dinner started or I mean, that's how we do. I don't think a whole lot ahead as far as what I need at home. Mm-hmm. And we, our store kind of lends itself to that. We have a lot of customers who are here every day. Yep. So, you know, I, it, it's been, it's been hard. It's, it, you know, it's just, it's been hard. It's been hard for a lot of people. How do you, there's, there's other things in this too. Like there's, people obviously are still buying alcohol, maybe more than others, more than ever. Um, <laughs> the, how do you manage um, ID checks for customers? Well, we're actually not selling anywhere near as much alcohol as we normally do. Really? Yeah. Well, I suppose I think, you, you probably get, a, you know, because wine and and increasingly liquor is probably a, a large portion of what you do or, or what you specialize in. But a lot of that comes from browsing, right? People don't, right. a lot of people like myself don't know a heck of a lot about wine. So you, you walk right. around, stare at it, maybe get a recommendation or something, that kind of thing. Right. 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 I mean, wine pretty, pretty early on, you know, one of the, I, honestly, this is really, it's 
it's really been very, very interesting because, you know, like I said in the beginning, every night Stephen Regan and I would think of some little tweak. There's still, I still think of something, okay, we need to do this, we need to do this. Every Almost every day there's something that's just a little bit different or we think of. But right off the bat, it was, it, it was you know, we weren't, really weren't selling much. Um, actually, because everybody has to make their list without looking at anything, you have to, mm-hmm. you know, just think. Our store is a very visual store. It's, you know, it, it, we present things really well. That's part of that's part of what we do. It smells good. It looks good. Everything looks enticing you. We have a lot of products that are not just, you know, basic everyday products. Those have not. I mean, that we hardly sell any of that anymore. It's it kind of went down to basic. You kind of have to know, um, you know, people. I think everything kind of went to a. a a different level of comfort. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of experimentation. All of that has changed now too, I would say. Um, and not to give away but, any secrets of the trade, but um, I would guess that some of those things that you're not selling are also some of the things that are some of your highest profit items. Like I'd imagine things like wine and booze are, are good compared to some of these commodity type groceries. Oh and, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then there's so many things we can't get too. That makes it, it it, you know, it makes it kind of hard too. But how have the yeah, customers been? Because obviously, sometimes you're going to pick up your groceries. I've done this, and it's like, okay, we we were out of this, or we don't have this, or um, have customers been pretty easy to deal with, or are there people who give you guys a hard time if you don't have something? What's that relationship been like? No, I think people are very well aware that there are there are just kind of major shortages all over the place and that things are just not available. We That was one of the things when the lists themselves were one of the biggest things that were a problem for us. So we spent a lot of time trying to teach people how to make lists <laughs> because, <laughs> because in the beginning we would get these lists and it would be, you know, I, I think it would be like somebody was had a, a recipe. So they put all the ingredients for that particular recipe and then they would add, you know, milk and then they'd add, you know, ice cream and then you'd add something else. Well, I mean, in the beginning, our shoppers were just, you were just running all over the place. There was no rhyme or reason and it just took forever and it was hard to remember things and we would forget things. And and then if we were out of something, you weren't really sure what to do. So a huge part of why this is actually working and why we feel like we can continue this for a while is that people are making much more organized lists and you can actually scan the list and look at it. And the bakery can look and see what they need. The meat department can look and see what they need. The deli can look and see what they need. And and you can see if you know you're out of something, you know, we're not going to have something. In the beginning, there were a couple of times I'd be shopping for someone and I could tell that they were making something and like we'd be out of flour <laughs> and like, oh man, you know, I think they really need this. And I don't know <laughs> if this is going to screw up everything if they don't have this one ingredient. But so one of the things we put on the list is, can we make substitutions? Is that okay? Is that not okay? And people, you know, will say, okay, no sub for this particular item. Yes, you can sub whatever you want. Some people we call you know, when we're shopping for them, we call them and say, okay, we're out of this, but we have this. I think this would work. And they say, yeah, sure, that's fine. Some people, we run out to the parking lot when they come and say, okay, is this what you meant? Is this what you meant? You know, because we haven't rung it up yet. And so people have really been amazing, you know, just awesome because they, you know, they get it. You know, there's, there's, 
it's it's not just us. And so they realize that there are just really some, you know, major problems in the supply chain that have just not been ironed out yet. And, um, you know, things, things happen. People have, people have learned to adapt to a lot of things. And I think, you know, just not having exactly the right kind of um, bagel is not such a big deal anymore. <laughs> when Speaking of the supply chain, um, obviously in Door County, we're all very hyper aware now of the meatpacking plant in Green Bay and other plants that have had these outbreaks. Are you seeing this impact your supply chain and um, what might be on the, the shelves and available for you in the weeks ahead? You know, it's because we buy from national distributors and national warehouse. Honestly, Steve said today, you know, the more they keep talking about there's going to be a shortage of meat, there's going to be a shortage of whatever, people start to hoard. And that's when you get the problem. Mm. I, honest to God, cannot figure out where paper products are. I, I talked to the our buyer at our warehouse yesterday. I said, all right, I have not gotten toilet paper or paper towels for a week. Where are they? The paper companies are work are working 24 hours around the clock. They've got three shifts going. They keep talking about how they're produce, producing so much product. No one's working, so they don't have to make anything for offices. No one's in a cafeteria. They don't have to make restaurants. Where is all the paper? <laughs> you know, where is it? Why is there none? And the buyer is just, I mean, he's more frustrated than me because he obviously could sell a ton of it if he had it. Yeah. He said, he, you know, he, they, no one knows. They're just, they're, it just, there, there isn't any. It's well, ha- just have you read, thing. read some of the articles about like some of the um, basics behind the toilet paper shortage and how that, that transition from, uh, and, and there was some hoarding early on, but right. so much of what we, what we use is normally done in a school setting, a workplace setting, uh, right. a sporting event setting. And those that those right. toilet paper rolls, those massive industrial ones, just obviously no one's going to put that on their their. Actually, some people probably have switched to that at home if they've ran short. Right. But like, nobody can put those dispensers in their their home bathroom. And those right. plants, I guess, aren't like the the same places that they make the industrial rolls can't also make the the Charmin rolls that they normally use in a home setting. Um, right. So right. that that starts to make some sense, working. but yeah. Well, and that's true of all food, really. And I knew that was going to happen when all the restaurants shut down. You know, there's plenty of food, but it's not packaged properly. Right. Yeah, those um, big Regan, bulk boxes of 40-pound box of chicken breasts that a restaurant right. might get that dozens right. of restaurants in Door County get every single day, um, that doesn't – you can't sell that to a family of two. <laughs> no. Well, and we can't even buy that because that's not even really available to us because we don't have the right – Everything that we sell has to have, you know, proper labeling and the nutrition labeling and all the other kinds of things mm, that yeah. those products do not have. So even if we could have bought that and packaged it, we don't, we can't legally sell that because That's we don't have point. any of that information on it. You know, the same thing with produce. You know, in the very beginning, produce was hugely disrupted um, because there's tons of produce that is not ready for retail. And, you know, the produce industry, actually, the produce industry was the quickest to adapt. And, you know, I had read about places that, you know, started investing in new equipment because, you know, lettuce, you can't just sell huge bags of lettuce. You have to get it in a clamshell or it has to go in a bag or, you know, a lot of things. So um, 
Regan's boyfriend works for the largest produce distributor in Chicago in the Midwest. And that first week, he was just, he's in charge of logistics. He was just, he was working around the clock for probably a week and a half because they just had all trucks just coming all over the place and from everywhere and just trying to get trying to get things, the right products in the right places so that they could sell it to stores because, you know, there was never a shortage of produce. It was just that it wasn't packaged properly and it wasn't available for retail. And that's true of, you know, that was true of a lot of things. Um, both things have kind of, you know, settled in, but, you know, when the whole, when the whole country decides to start baking bread, it's, <laughs> you know, it's kind of impossible to keep up. But I, I wish I would have had the foresight a month, you know, two months ago to have randomly done an article about like, hey, what if we ever had a pandemic? And just like ask people, what do you think would be affected? Or what, you know, talking to folks like you, like, all right, what do you think people would start buying? Because I wonder if it would match up with what they actually did. Like, would right. would people have thought about the toilet paper thing or thought about yeast? You know, that was one that right. at first I... It didn't I know. make sense, that, but then that still does not make sense to me. I mean, I think the novelty would have worn off by now. How long do you think you continue to do this way? You know, when we started this, we honestly thought it would probably go until Easter. And I think that's why we thought, okay, we you know, we can do this. We can do this for a few weeks. We can do this <laughs> for a month. When we would be shopping for people, you know, someone would say, wow, I wonder what they're making. All these ingredients, this all looks really good. And um, right after Easter, one of our customers sent me pictures of the roasted lamb he had made on his rotisserie and all these other, his Easter dinner. And I said, oh my gosh, can I, can I post those pictures? And he said, sure. And then another customer sent me pictures a couple of days later of their whole family that's been quarantined here for, they've been here for two months, I think. Um, kids that are college age down to elementary school age, I think they have six children and their family has been together for this whole entire time. And she sent pictures of their family eating dinner and what they'd made and then sent some pictures. So we decided to start this photo album. Like, okay, everybody send in your recipes, send in your pictures of your food, of what you've been making because everything just looks awesome. And it's really cool. We have, I don't even know how many photos are up there now and people just started sending in all these pictures of food they've been making during this quarantine time and that's probably part of the reason that there are some things that are in short supply <laughs> because <laughs> I think people are copying some of the stuff but um, but yeah it's you know it's it's been kind of cool and that's the way we kind of get any message out that we're trying to get out about what we have it's really been kind of stupid you can't buy anything new really. Um, I have put a few new things in and I take a picture of them and put them on Facebook because again, that's about the only way. And I feel like by this time people are starting to get tired of eating the same old thing or drinking the same wine or, you know, whatever, and they're looking for some new things. So we try to do that and try to make it a little more interesting. But uh, I mean, I think we're probably going to be doing this for another month. I don't, I don't foresee a reason why we would open to the public before the restrictions are lifted in the state. Are you guys we have, pre prepared or nervous for, you know, like today, right now, um, the rain stopped and I'm looking out my window and it's sunny and, you know, yeah. a, couple, a week or two more of this mid-May, even though we won't be, probably won't be like full on open for business. Um, no. But we're going to have more people here. So are you... Right. 
you do you th- anticipate like another round of education for like these some of these other seasonal folks who move back or people who start coming up? I think they know. You know, most of them have come probably from places that are more restrictive than here. Yeah. You know, there's um, and I you know I think most of the people I know are smart. They're <laughs> they're you know a lot of them are retired. They're coming from retirement communities or wherever they they stayed in the winter. Some people have started to come home, and they're laying low. And there's really nowhere for them to go either in mm-hmm. Door County. So I, it's you know I think I think people are um, just going to kind of lay low, and hopefully the weather gets nice and people can get outside. And but it's not um, I, you know our the challenge for us, if we keep doing this for a whole month, is that we need people to be able to be spontaneous and not have to plan too much and think, oh my gosh, it's a beautiful day. I want to grill some steaks and have corn on the cob and whatever, and be able to do that without going through the whole email day ahead process thing. That's a great point. So we've gotten really efficient at the, the shopping and part of that's because of the list. But we've gotten good at it, and it's the same people doing it, and they know where everything is now. You know, there's very few things people have to ask for anymore. So we need to start encouraging people to just walk up or drive up and give us a list, give us a smallish list, and, you know, we'll do it for you. Because there's there's a limit to how much of this we can do. And this is the time of year when we should be, we should be getting a lot busier. Every week in May gets substantially busier. Yeah, usually oh. right now we're trying, most businesses have their eye on how do I make this my best year? <laughs> how do I right. how do I grow over oh. last year? How do I squeeze right. another little bit out of this dime? And this year, it's just such a different mindset. Right. Most businesses are going, how do I keep my employees safe? How do I keep people sane? How do I right. keep the customers from filing a complaint? Like there's just a totally different um dynamic for for anybody in business right now that especially those who are customer facing like obviously a grocery store is maybe you'll eventually just move all the the aisles every day out into the parking lot people can shop they can (laughs) mingle then you can move them back in at night i think that's one option you guys should consider one thing i'm curious if you see this too like in main main street nick harbor um i grew up in egg harbor lived there my first like 20 years basically and the only places that are open every single day are the grocery store and the gas station um, all year round. I, right. I think I have that right. Um, most restaurants close either for the whole winter or several days of the winter. So those are like the community centerpieces in Egg Harbor. Um, people probably have lost a lot. Like that becomes a little bit of your, um, and for some people it is their social interaction of the day. Jay Keita at the Pig told me um, one of their biggest problems struggle points that they've had isn't like your average customers most people get it they get the six feet distancing but the first few weeks he said it was we did our senior hours in the morning and the seniors treated it like a social hour because they weren't getting out as much so they were coming in hugging shaking hands hanging out and talking and he was like it put us in a really awkward position of having to go break up our elders and be like you can't you can't be doing this um I'd imagine like you have a lot of people who it's part of their routine. It's main right. streets where they go. This is where they interact with people. Um, right. So we try to do that in the parking lot. And again, you know, I talked about the windows. You know, I my my office now is the counter with the two big windows there. And I am there a lot because I have to 
keep getting the emails and, you know, check what's going on and respond to people and add, add stuff onto their orders and whatever. So, you know, I'm looking out that window a lot or I'm going out to see if somebody needs something or we have to, because this is the way we do it. We have to go out in the parking lot and figure out who's who, you know, who's here, where your orders are. And that's where we are all interacting with our customers. You know, I'll wave to people and they'll, they'll see me or I'll come out and wave to them or talk to them. And, you know, whoever takes their groceries to their car, they, you know, have a chat with them, talk to them. Because, yes, a lot of these people are, you know, a lot of them are lonely and they're just kind of cooped up. And I think, you know, I think everybody thought we could all do this for a certain amount of time, but now it's getting to be longer. And I think people are just thinking, wow, this is you know, getting to be a little too much. And they're, um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It needs to get nice so people could get out and go for walks and, you know, come to the village and walk through the village. You know, it really wouldn't take that much to be distant from anybody. Mm -hmm. And, and, but yet at least you would see some other people and see some cars and, you know, at least feel like you're not completely isolated. But this, um, yeah, this has been, you try to make it as personal as you can, but it's definitely it's definitely harder. Yeah, definitely for, harder for those who listen from afar who haven't been up here. I mean, it's been a we haven't had our April snowstorm. Well, we had some snow, oh but we didn't God. have the thirty incher, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah, but it has been terribly gray and rainy. It feels like ninety five percent of the days, and maybe that's the news making it even worse. But it just has been a, a pretty heavy, cold, wet spring. Um, and when this all started, I'm like, well, hopefully we get some nice days while everyone's stuck at home and there just haven't been enough of those. Hopefully that we're turning that corner. Um, Karin, there's actually a ton of other questions about being a business owner in Door County. I wanted to talk to you about, but we have, we have gone long, so we'll have to do this again and I'll be happy (laughs) to. I find that stuff fascinating. Um, thanks so much for everything that you're doing and your family's doing and the whole crew at Main Street um, to help people out and make people feel um, not just to make them safe, but also to make them feel safe and feel better about their community. It's It goes a long way to, for a lot of people. It's good. I mean, it, our staff feels good. Our customers are very, I mean, they, they, they realize that this is hard and it's a very different way to do business and they are very appreciative and very um, we we appreciate them sticking with us because it's you know it's hard for all of us. All right, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast today, Karen. Appreciate it. All right, thank you, Miles. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at the Pulse, check out DoorCountyPulse.com/shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.